and welcome to the Austrian AI podcast. I'm your host, Manuel Parseka, and it's my pleasure to have today with me Ivona Vichkova. She's working as a data scientist at Mostly AI. And we are touching upon different topics in this interview. Ivona starts out describing her experience working at EY, an international consulting company in the finance sector. She's contrasting this with her move to Mostly, where she's working as a data scientist developing data products. We are discussing how it is for a starter, someone who enters the data science area, to either work at a big international company or a small starter. We then talk about Ivona's decision to move to Vienna, some of her motivations and reasons for this. And we talk about how Vienna compares to other cities, being successful in attracting talent in the area of data science and artificial intelligence. At the end of the interview, we are touching upon the topic of diversity and Ivona describes her experience to work as a woman in the field of data science, dominated by men. Ivona is a wonderful podcast guest and I really enjoyed this interview. With no further ado, let's start. Hello Ivona. Hi Manuel, how are you? Good, and you, how are you doing? Nice to see you on the show. Thank you very much for coming on to the show. It's my pleasure. So today we have Ivona Lichkova on the show. I'm very sorry for butchering your name. Sorry for that. Um, so Ivona is currently working as a data scientist at Mostly AI um, and has a background in uh, finance and math. Maybe you can start with just giving us a short introduction about yourself. Okay, uh, so uh, my name is Ivana Vočkova. I'm coming uh, from the Czech Republic, uh, where I studied uh, mathematics on the Charles University. Uh, my bachelor studies uh, were financial mathematics, but for my master's degree, I decided to, to change uh, the path a little bit, and I focused on uh, econometrics and statistics and uh, I, I was mainly focusing on mathematical optimization which was very very interesting to me and I, I can recommend this field of mathematics to everyone because it, it's, it's really nice. Uh, after that or during my master's degree <clears throat> I started work in UI which is uh, like big four uh, in consultancy. I was working in financial services risk management um, and uh, after that I, I changed uh, my career and uh, went to the energy sector, uh, to the energy, uh, which is um, which was very uh, interesting to me again <laughs> because I was the part of the international hub. Uh, we had a analytics team uh, in Prague uh, where we supported um, our customers in the Netherlands or in Germany. So I travel a lot and uh, and I think year ago, yes, year ago, I moved to Austria and I joined Mosty AI, uh, which is um, an 
very nice uh, company. It is a technical startup uh, focusing on uh, synthetic data uh, generation. And um, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> so it is already one a year uh, since I joined mostly AI. Yeah, time flies, time flies. I can definitely feel with that. Um, but then just to get it from maybe as I understood you correctly, with your background in finance and, and in math, um, what were your motivations to switch to the dark side, to switch to data science and machine learning? Uh, yeah. Um, when I started to, uh, to work uh, for EY, um, I'm, I'm very happy for this experience, but I realized that um, uh, making reports and uh, doing analysis of, of the work which was done by others, uh, which was mainly uh, my focus, is, is not something what I love to do. And I would like to be uh, on the other side. I, I would like to be a creator of something uh, which is nice. I would like to uh, think about uh, how to do it and not uh, to correct it or to say uh, whether it is fine or not. I, I wanted to be a creator. So that was the reason why I decided to go to analytic team, analytics team uh, in uh, uh, in the energy uh, company, where I, I was uh, focusing more on uh, data analytics, uh, programming, uh, and I, I, I basically like it much more. Um, and I, what I really like was the um, difference in, in days because uh, when I was working before, uh, it was most of the time uh, the same routine, I would say, even though it was consultancy, my, my work there was, was a big routine uh, for me. So I wanted to change it and make it uh, more interesting to me and, and learn much more because I, I had a feeling that what I studied uh, at university, I was not able to produce in anything valuable um, at, at work. Uh, so I wanted to, to use um, my math uh, in my thinking about creating some new programs or uh, optimize uh, some processes or uh, other stuff. So that was the reason for changing my career. Mm -hmm. I can very much relate to the feeling and um, the passion about uh, behind creating something because I mean, even when I started out like many, 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 many years ago, like with programming in general, I can remember when I was very young and I started to write my first programs, it was like, it felt like magic that you can just write something and then you created something. Yeah, you had like an application that you can play with, that you can show to others. It really felt like really empowering at the same time, really like like really like you said right it's your own creation it's something that you can be proud of and it's been something that you can improve and that that you can look at so I've, i can very much relate to this 
Um, but something else that you mentioned, I found it interesting as well, that you said about your the the way or how much you could learn at your previous job at EY. So um, because that's one of the things that I often hear as a general as a recommendation. So after if you after you finish your university and you should be looking for your first job, many recommendations are to go actually exactly into in consultancy and to go into bigger companies because in bigger companies there are more established processes which you can be used to like uh, teach people to educate people which which you can use to like have a career progression and similar but i can imagine definitely like in a startup in the size of mostly uh, about 30 people um it's very different so can you maybe talk a bit about like your experience here and like can you contrast it so how is it uh, how what what options do you have like in a startup of, of the size that mostly is compared to something like ey to, to grow, grow personal wise and career wise mm -hmm. i i uh, i fully agree with you that like starting in a big company was a really good start for me because um, as uh, someone who doesn't know what uh, he wants to do uh, and uh, in which field he has an interest, um, what what is his passion, I think it, it is the best uh, to start here because they can um, they can lead you, uh, they can show you the possibilities, uh, what are there, they can uh they can teach you i uh, for example uh, i have uh option to attend english courses uh presentation skill courses and other other cool things which i really loved uh and they, they were patient with me because uh, they are used to have juniors um in 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 these companies and they do not expect any experience or at least that was my uh, uh, experience there and i really like it uh, because uh, people uh, were open-minded uh, they uh, they always uh, have a time uh, to uh, to tell me what is needed when i did not understand anything uh, they uh, they gave me advice and i'm very grateful that i was there and it also gave me an opportunity to think about uh my my wish what i would like to do or what i would not like to do and a lot of my uh, classmates uh, uh stay there they are already uh five, five six years there they are sen seniors or even managers and and they are very happy uh but i think that that's um that's a good start for a career because you you can um you can develop your skills there you you can be happy there or you can find out that uh that you can turn your career and to do something else but you you already have such experience uh which is very valuable i would say so i agree that uh joining such a big company at the beginning is a, a good start uh, on of working life uh, but uh, as i am now i really love to working for uh for a startup uh when i compare it uh, with um, big consultancy where I was just like one part of a big puzzle, 
uh, I, I had basically some, uh, some work which I had to do. I had to report something. I had to check uh, some calculations. I had to remake some calculations. So I had really, let's say, strict um, uh, task which I have uh, had to do. And I didn't have uh, this freedom which I have uh, in, in startup uh, as mostly AI. And uh, I was basically part of a, a team which was focusing on one field. So it was very, very different to, to startup because in startup, there are teams from, uh, from uh, different uh, fields of uh, different backgrounds, fields, so, I guess. I for example, data scientists, mm -hmm. data engineers, uh, sales uh, people. And uh, when you are a member of startup, you can, uh, um, you can work with, with all of them and you can get uh, uh, knowledge from them, which I really, uh, really love because I can uh, not only researching thing, but I can learn a lot of about engineering stuff, uh, which was not the case uh, in, uh, in a bigger company where I was focusing just on one stuff and I was not developing uh, my uh, experience in our other fields, uh, mm -hmm. in other fields. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes completely sense to me. I'm just thinking a bit about like uh, what you sometimes hear about like uh, when people talk about technical positions, especially like in areas of data science or machine learning, often they think about a T-shaped profile of skills. So what they often talk about is like um, the top of the T, meaning that uh, people have a wider overview of different topics, but they have like one, which is like the vertical part of the T have uh, a specialist in one particular area. So the way you have been describing it, if I understood it correctly, was more that like this T part, so like say the, the technical deep, deep dive that you at some point would get was to some extent easier to develop in EY because you had experts around you, you, you as a junior had the possibility to directly learn from them. And at mostly you had more the option to get a broader view, a broader understanding of how your particular task fit into the product in this case and to the company as a whole. Is yes. it more or less uh, for exactly. you like this? Uh, yes, exactly. But on the other hand, I have also experts uh, in, in data science team, which lead me to to understand all, all um, uh, AI um, magic. So I would say that it, it gives you both like uh, learning uh, something in, in a big detail as I, I was used to uh, in, a, in a big consultancy. But on the other hand, you can learn more about the product, uh, about the whole product, uh, which uh, the company creates. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, or I see it very beneficial. On the other hand, I cannot imagine that at the beginning of my career, because this would be too much for me to mm -hmm. catch all of that. And that's the reason why I'm happy uh, that my career is as it is. I can imagine. It definitely, it can be overwhelming for someone coming directly from the university, maybe to be confronted with all these different aspects and the different needs that you that one has to fill, I guess, in a startup. 
But then maybe um, slightly switching gears. So you said exactly right, you're from the Czech Republic, then you did your master's and your first work in Prague. Can you maybe talk a bit about your motivations to come to Austria? Uh, yes, uh, my motivation was to uh, to uh, go abroad once more <laughs> because um, during my studies uh, I went to Barcelona uh, for, for my Erasmus, um, which was very great experience uh, and I learned a lot from that. Uh, I met uh, interesting people. I, uh, I was studying um, uh, mathematical optimization from a different point of view, uh, which is uh, in Spain compared to my university. And uh, I had a feeling uh, that uh, I need uh, I need such experience uh, again uh, because I started uh, to be too much comfortable with what I had uh, and I was afraid that I will not develop uh, enough if I stay uh, in the Czech Republic. I wanted to uh, also improve my uh, language skills and I wanted to, uh, to uh, see Austria, travel a lot and uh, meet people um, in Vienna. <laughs> but unfortunately, I didn't know that uh, COVID will, would come, but uh, that that was my reason for coming uh, to Austria. I understand. Yeah, that's that's true. COVID makes traveling very difficult, very difficult. Um, well, I'm very happy that you came to to Austria and to Vienna. Um, and in part, what I was thinking about when is that um, I have the strong feeling like that, especially in the area of artificial intelligence and data science, that um, there's a bit of a competition going on between different cities and capital. Maybe to make myself clear, although like in theory, like um, our the, the work as a data scientist um, is a work that, that can be done easily remotely. And we can see now with the Corona crisis that many companies that, that employ data scientists, they can continue more or less their work. But at the same time, there's a strong feeling of aggregation. So when I'm thinking about, for example, cities in Europe, um, then I have that come to my mind, for example, Berlin, Barcelona, London, those, those uh, Lisbon, for example, over the last years, I have the feeling that those like it's it somehow feels often when you when you look at the job market for example it feels like those are hubs so it's like it, it feels like um many startups come from those areas and those areas are especially attracting young data scientists and people entering the field um and i can and the same goes i guess like for all the bigger cities at the same time right this is exactly what you want you want to be one of those hubs which is spawning all kind of talent attracting talent and getting companies uh, to you so can can you maybe um relate maybe even thinking about your friends uh in what the position of vienna is in comparison to such cities or if if it's something of my imagination or if you had the feeling as well that there are, spe there are certain cities let's say in europe that that seem to be attracting much more talent than others um i think vienna uh especially from for people from the czech republic or from Slovakia, it is it is really close, so uh, you do not have to. It, it is still close to you, uh, to close to your family, 
if, if you move to Vienna, but you, uh, you still have um, uh, a broad experience. So I think that's, uh, that's the reason why you can see a lot of people here uh, in Vienna from, from Slovakia or from the Czech Republic. Uh, when I was thinking uh, where I would like to move, I, uh, of course, I discussed that with my friends uh, who moved to Vienna uh, already, and uh, they were very happy here. Uh, they, um, they had a feeling that uh, their teams are very international, that um, they can, uh, they can, uh, it is not that uh, difficult uh, to find a job uh, if you are only English speaker and you want to learn German uh, on site. So that that was a really important fact uh, for me. And of course, in the capital cities, uh, you have uh, more uh, offers uh, to do interesting jobs because here you have the headquarters of big companies or on the other hand uh, a lot of startups uh, so you can choose from uh, from a big range of offers uh, which are very nice uh, in Vienna but on the other hand uh, when you compare it with Prague more people apply for a job in Vienna so it is much more difficult to get job in Vienna than in Prague, for example. Mm -hmm. I think the reason is that in Prague, it is still quite important to uh, to speak English, uh, to speak Czech, for a lot of companies. So not that many foreigners uh, come to Prague. Uh, that's not uh, that's not true in Vienna, or. A lot of companies um, can uh, have just uh, employees who can speak only English, and that was a. This is a big opportunity for people from foreign countries to come here. I would say. Uh, so, that that that's the thing. But uh, in Prague, I have a feeling that it started to be a. Uh, heart of hub teams um, all around the world uh, together with Poland. The reason for that is that the salary in the Czech Republic is lower than uh, for than in uh, German-speaking countries. So uh, a lot of companies decided to move their analytics and hub team uh, to Prague or to to Poland because they can uh, co uh, save some costs. <laughs> uh, but as you said, um, currently with COVID, uh, this could change change a lot uh, with the remote working because it, it was uh, proven that we can work remotely. And I think a lot of companies will, uh, will hire uh, people remotely. Mm -hmm. yep. If That's they didn't do it. That's definitely interesting. I just wonder, as you mentioned, right, um, if there was already costs were already a factor in the past when moving uh, different departments to like countries um, like Czech or Poland, um, one can easily imagine that if you have the global market available, that you that, uh, let's say, the 
the pressure to drop costs goes even, uh, gets even stronger. And then I can imagine that like countries where the cost of living are lower than Vienna, and I guess definitely lower than in the Czech Republic or in Poland, um, will be more interesting for, for the, those companies as well. So in this sense, I, it's definitely interesting to see how the, how the market will move over the next years. And um, if companies like Vienna, that, that I'm happy to see that they are attractive to you and, and, and to your friends, uh, if they still stay attractive. And if, the, if different companies in the job market um, is going to be bigger in the best case or stays at least the same as it has been staying up to now. But then besides um, the job possibilities in Vienna, did you have a chance especially before COVID, I guess it's difficult now, but to interact a bit with the um, community in Vienna, the community around data science and um, AI. So I'm thinking, for example, about the Vienna data science meetups and other different kinds of meetups that are happening. Uh, yes, um, when I moved to uh, Vienna, uh, I attended uh, uh, two meetups, I guess. Uh, then uh, it was um, uh, terminated, but uh, I had this experience here. Uh, it was it was very nice, um, and I could recommend it uh, to anyone who who wants to know um, something new uh, from uh, data science field and uh, to to get in touch with people. Uh, I think um, it is very nice event, uh, which um, which helps people to um, to join uh, the community uh, in Vienna. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, maybe one other thing which I was curious about, um, we shortly talked about it off to uh, off mic, um, is about. Uh, how was it or is it for you as a woman in data science? So I, I'm particularly thinking about my experience that I had um, like of technically University of Vienna, for example, or like in this area in general, that at least in, in Austria, it still seems to me like there's a strong gender bias. So it's like, if you look at the, the computer science or technical studies in general, um, they are very male focused. So, and, and I checked my facts before the show, just to get it correct. So at the moment, for example, it's still 18% of the um, students in the computer science uh, program at the technical universities, for example, only 80% are women and the rest are males. So um, how was it for you? And maybe can you contrast it to the Czech Republic? Was it different there? Is it, is it more typical for women to enter like computer science and technical fields? And did you feel, did you feel like an outsider to some extent here? Or was everyone welcome and happy to have you? Uh, yeah, uh, so like uh, when I joined my uh, university, uh, it is the Faculty of Mathematics and Physics, uh, which is known as the faculty for boys, basically. <laughs> so uh, when I went there, I was very surprised how many girls were there in my, uh, in my department, because as I, as I mentioned, I joined financial mathematics as, as, uh, as a bachelor degree. And I think on the faculty itself, maybe the percentage is, as, as you said, 
uh, no girls want to join computer science or physics, but uh, it is much more attractive um, in mathematics. So if you are a guy and you want to meet uh, girls, you should go to, uh, to the Department of Mathematics. Uh, that's the easiest way how to do it. So uh, I, I would say that I, I, was, uh, I was really surprised that I, I met a lot of um, girls' friends <laughs> uh, yeah, during my studies. Uh, however, after, after that, uh, when I joined uh, um, uh, more technical fields uh, in the companies, it was more biased uh, towards uh, male uh, colleagues. Uh, but I, I cannot say that uh, I would feel as outsider I think it was uh, the other way around, especially in EY, they they want to to show how they are open to uh, to girls in technical fields or in mathematics and uh, other. Uh, so uh, I was more than welcome there. They were very happy <laughs> when uh, I joined the team. Uh, so. It, I had really nice experience uh, there and I've never felt uh, like an outsider or like someone uh, who other people would not believe uh, that uh, could, uh, could understand mathematics or programming. So for me, it was very nice experience. And I, I would I would say to girls go there because it's more fun with guys than with uh, women. <laughs> <laughs> and how was your experience like uh, in Vienna? I like it mostly. Um, yeah, in mostly we uh, we have some girls. If if you are asking uh, for a female or male um, split, uh, so. Uh, I have a very nice colleague uh, from Canada. Uh, she's, uh, she's data scientist as well, and she's very, very good and uh, very experienced. Um, and uh, I've, as I said, I've never had feeling that um, he, she, uh, she's worse than guys or she, doesn't understand uh, the technical side of data scientists less uh, less than guys. Uh, however, uh, the team itself is main, mainly consisting uh, of of male um, males, but that's fun. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yes, I mean it discovers too many like the experience that I definitely had here in Austria as well. Um, and you shortly mentioned it, but uh, but the topic of diversity. Um, so do you have the feeling like, as you said, right, your, your previous company, EY, they put special focus on it? Do, do you have a higher, let's see, um, gender diversity? And you can definitely see many modern companies, especially in the tech sector as well, they try to push um, for, for getting more and more women in, in this area. What do you feel about the topic in general? And do you think like um, that the diversity 
um, achieved through this kind of processes really improves the, the working experience, the products, and uh, the general atmosphere that you have uh, at those companies. Yeah, I think that's a difficult topic. <laughs> and I have like my, my personal opinion on that. Uh, because uh, I think pushing diversity um, just in order to report a higher percentage of women working uh, in some company is not the, the way to do so. I think uh, if you try to, um, to increase the percentage of female in technical fields, you can maybe someone decide uh, to to accept uh, female um, colleague uh, than male colleague even though uh, they have the same experience but it will be more um, it, it will be more attractive or uh, nicer to show outside that uh, you uh, you you have a lot of women um, in the team and you are open-minded. I, I can I can understand that, uh, but on the other hand, I think pushing that uh, is it is not the uh, the best uh, best way to do so. I think uh, that it is important uh, to uh, to think about female and male on the same um, um, the same level, the same. They're equally competent. Yes, exactly. So, so I think uh, it is true that uh, not that many women uh, is uh, are joining uh, technical fields or technical companies. But I, I don't, I do not think that the reason is that they are afraid of joining uh, such companies. Uh, I think they are not just interested in that. So pushing uh, the percentage of uh, females just because uh, it would it will look better yeah i i don't think that it is uh, good uh, for a team and i didn't have um, feeling that this would um, give me the reason why to go uh, to to the company i've never asked uh, who is the part of the team uh, regarding the uh, the gender, and I think that's that's not the important fact. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's it's. I'm happy to hear that it was never a problem for you, but I, I definitely heard this oft quite sometimes actually in the past that for some women it was um, it was they were eager to join a specific field and they were really motivated and definitely competent as well, but they had the feeling of a bit of a pushback. And they had a, a sometimes the feeling that um, they entered somehow uh, a league where it was, let's say, mostly male in this case, um, and and there was some kind of resistance to to really be accepted. And getting that pushback, some of them um, they gave up and said, "Okay, I'm not really welcome here, and um, for that reason, I'm going to go somewhere else." And I think this is particularly particularly a bad 
uh, unfortunate thing, obviously, because you lose the talent, you use, you lose the diversity. So um, did you have at some point as well, like the point where you had the feeling there's a bit of pushback or like uh, do you, you know from friends of yours, if you said they started out in similar ways that they decided, okay, they might drop it, they might not go into data science or they might not go into a field where it's particular male heavy and instead chose choose something else? I have to say that from my experience and experience of my good friends, that was not a problem. Like all my friends from studies, uh, like female friends, uh, they didn't have any problem uh, to find a job. And uh, like, I think maybe I was lucky, but uh, I would say I, I've, never experience uh, something like a uh, female uh, uh, like be uh, not to be accepted because I am female. On the other hand, um, this could change with, uh, with uh, age uh, because uh, when you are 30s uh, female, it, it is different than when you are 30s male since uh, it is um, it is a bigger risk that you will not uh, be working uh, in next two, two years, for example. So I can imagine that uh, it is different um, at the beginning of your career when you are uh, after studies and uh, later on. So I, I do not have experience uh, with that, but I know uh, that some people later, uh, they were, let's say, discriminated uh, because, not just because they were female, but they were female in some particular age, I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah, so in that case, it could happen, but uh, I, I do not have problems uh, with starting my career as a female in technical field. I understand what you mean. I mean, this this is then very unfortunate, especially because right then the people have the experience, they get the expertise, and then maybe it's difficult on the market. I really hope that um, like the Austrian labor laws that we have that protect women and uh, from from uh, for example, it's the Mutterschutz, so you have the possibility to 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 take time off for it's for male and female, for for the father and the mother. Um, I really hope that this provides an environment. Where, where where women can feel safe in this sense and as well like where the companies don't feel somehow the cost pressure the economic pressure to select the one or the other candidate just because they could potentially uh yeah be on on a paternity leave because right there are many other reasons why an employee might not come to work and i think definitely paternity leave is not a bad not a bad reason so i really hope that that's not going to be too much of a problem. Yeah, I think comparing with the Czech Republic, it is much better like here in Austria or in Germany, because it is more um, uh, common that uh, guys go on paternal uh, leave. So I think it is really open minded uh, country, which, uh, which allow a female to, to work in, uh, in many many fields here in Austria. Nice, nice. Um, I think we covered quite some 
the terrain already. So uh, maybe let's move it more to the end of the interview. And maybe one thing that I was curious about, um, what, what are you curious about in the area of machine learning, artificial intelligence and data science? Is there something, some kind of new technology, something that you recently came across that, that was really, really, really surprising to you and really interesting to you? Uh, I would say the main thing, which is very of, of a big interest for me, is the connection of uh, the uh, artificial intelligence, deep learning uh, in general, with a mathematical optimization. As I said, that's, that's a field of mathematics I really love. Uh, so, and it is like in every, uh, in every algorithm, you, you need to understand your loss function, you need to understand your optimizer, your gradients. So, so this, is, um, this is something I, I really love to, to go into detail here and uh, to learn about a new algorithm and how they handle um, such, um, such thing because um, it is amazing how it is developing and uh, what, what is new each week uh, in this field. And what was interesting uh, two years ago, uh, it, is, uh, it is improved with another three algorithms uh, in, in next uh, two years, which is, which is amazing to observe. And uh, the speed uh, you have to learn and uh, you, you have to develop uh, is, is, is super cool. I would say so. Uh, I I like that uh, you you learn all the time something new. But on, on the other hand, you can connect it with with mathematics itself, and you can go into detail. So you can find everything you you like in artificial intelligence and deep learning. That is true. That is that is very true. Very much. The field is moving extremely fast, and it seems like every day something new is happening, and every new year there's some new kind of concepts and technologies and algorithms and networks that that seems to do things which were impossible only a few years ago. And and it's it's amazing that I have the feeling it hasn't really slowed down. So I can remember like around 2015 or something when I really got excited about the area. There was always such a gigantic boom about deep learning and uh, the successes in, in vision and um, image analysis. And it seems to be just accelerating. So there are so many new fields and so many successes in areas of reinforcement learning in graph networks and, and all kinds of other areas that yeah, it is definitely a very, very interesting area. Very interesting. Cool. Well, with this, uh, just for the closing, um, maybe it's come to the picks. So the picks of the week. And um, maybe I go first. So um, for me, what I recently read a book from Jesse Anderson about data teams, um, which was, was very nice. It's a book that explains about uh, how to manage teams that are working on data products, what the conflicts are um, between these teams and, how, and, and how, to, how to resolve those. And I can really, really highly recommend it. What about you? Do you have a pick? My pick uh, is differential, differential privacy. 
because I'm working on that right now. And I think uh, it is a topic uh, which is very important uh, in, in our industry uh, right now. So I'm overwhelmed with difference in privacy right now. So that's my pick of the week. With this, I want to close and thank you again, Ivona, for coming onto the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you.